Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network, where every podcast is a business meeting, and every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. Uh, the purpose is to make us money, right? We're not a, like the hypocrite uh, athletes and pop politicians with over generalities, and they say, oh, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for the people. I'm doing it for the universe. No, 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 no. You're doing it for self-interest, what we'll talk a lot about today. And you're doing it for the money. So this is a horse racing, true crime. So we're using true crime and horse racing uh, to share insight into business and finance and into the heart of man, right? With uh, myself and Mike Prestonisi. I call him Coach Mike because that's how I knew him. Time flies. We met in 2010. This is now 2021. Uh, and we've had uh, a lot of success in business and in life. Uh, Mike Christianisi has successful children, successful businesses, uh, successful marriage for probably half century. And we're fortunate, lucky, and good to have him as we provide insight right so that's the purpose to provide insight provide you information you are not getting anywhere else from uh, major media uh, the church you go to wherever you're not getting information that we're uh, since we own our own businesses and we fire and hire our own clients uh, that we can you know we're fortunate looking good that we are uh, we have latitude to give you the truth as we see it unfiltered, but we do not have a monopoly on the truth. So if we're wrong, let us know. We're very accessible. Uh, the Twitter, our Twitter is currency. You can learn a lot of information, but I've gotten a lot of information. Uh, at the end of the day, this is a sports betting podcast and we're gonna give you insight into that. We're up at 500% ROI, Tesla 700, we're 500. That means you, listening to the podcast and using our actionable information, you have five times more money than what you started, right? So that's, that's the purpose. The outcome uh, is that 500% ROI, tangible uh, information. So you get insight. So uh, you give a man a fish, you teach him for a day. You teach the man to fish. You feed him for a lifetime. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, accurate business coaching ADA compliance, Michael Christanisi. Yeah, thank you, Josh. I like what you said about uh, earlier, the idea of insights, you know, and I haven't been married quite that many, it'd be 40, but you're close. But <laughs> you, you do gain insights. You do gain insights by listening to people. I tell people, try to listen to learn and don't listen to argue. Right. Because that's, you're not going to learn anything. And people aren't going to respond to you favorably. So I've learned over the years and I, I'm a talker, so I have to learn to stop talking. And I think you said earlier about the insights. One of the insights I think we can share with people is listen, listen, watch, take notes. You may agree with most of what we say. You may disagree with something. You know what? Let us know. Tell us, Hey, you know, you guys are talking about this and blah, blah, blah. And I don't agree. I've got this idea. That's how you learn. You, you share ideas, you discuss them, you say, you know what, you've got a good point. Not, you're right. full of, you, you don't know what you're talking about, you're wrong. I don't like doing that. I don't think anybody, if they're honest, likes having a conversation with someone like that. 
right? No, not at all. Not at all. And uh, I've gotten a lot of information that I've been able to monetize from the audience, from the growing podcast audience, from the growing growing audience on uh, YouTube. Yeah. And as things uh, move forward. Now, uh, this is going to be more of a series. Now, all the podcasts um, have kind of a series uh, element to them. And it's really like the season in the sport. But this one will be a series as far as elements in criminology, elements in uh, finance, elements in business, right? That will build on each other. And it'll give you insight into what's going on in industries, uh, local government, right? Horse racing and the sports betting industry as it evolves. And as it evolves at each step, we have a process to monetize that. So this is tangible information to monetize uh, both, right? Three-dimensionally, monetize it now and also in the future. So in the last podcast, we went over uh, Vince Gill who's a horse owner. He just won a lawsuit for, yeah, for $400 million. And we're going to play a relevant part that we're going to build this podcast on. And of course, you can listen to all the podcasts. And the older podcasts are more valuable than the current ones because you're not worried about the game. You're learning the hows and the whys, right? and you're getting information you're not getting anywhere else, and you're getting information so you won't get taken advantage of. And all the people jumping on Periscope, if you have a question, let me know, and we'll sure to answer it. So here's Mike Gill setting the foundation on a few things. And horse racing has been rampant. Can you hear it, Coach it Mike? Blew up corruption. It okay. was, you could fight this. It's when corporate America, the casinos of the world, united with the corrupt that showed them wire services and offshore gaming. The same $5,000 horse at Penn National where you couldn't bet 200. Okay, so we're talking about the casinos joining with corporations and corruption with the FBI, local politicians and local judges, all right? In, in the horse racing industry. 200 bucks, and today you can't bet 200 bucks. What if they could bet 10,000 at 10 to 1? Do you think it might just attempt the corrupt who was doing it for crumbs before? That's what's going on. And you know what they're doing with this great wealth? They're buying your politicians and your judges and your courts. Now, I haven't disappeared. If you watch stateofcorruption.org, you see me. Okay, so we're talking about syndicates, right? And the syndicates are buying judges. They're buying... Uh, city councilmen, they're, they're buying county boards, right? And these are people that are linked to horse racing uh, regulation. Something I forgot to add in the beginning, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about regulation, laws, what's unethical, uh, ethical, what has teeth, what doesn't have teeth, and then we'll uh, talk about maximum security, mm-hmm. and we're going to detail the life of Jason service. All right, we'll go continue with Mike Gill. Pulling them together. My attack on Penn National is because they are organized crime and they have brought these officials 
the mayor of Harrisburg for 32 years gets arrested. Right. They turn around and have so we're talking AG, about AG, which I believe is honest. Catherine Kane just could kick that. Okay, so this is 2015, Mike Gill, right? We're talking about Penn National, Pennsylvania, right? So, who was born in Pennsylvania, Coach Mike? Benjamin Franklin? Joe Biden. Oh. <laughs> right, which was contentious. Joe Biden. Right, so we have uh, Penn National, who currently owns uh, Barstool Sports. Barstool Sports, right? Right. right, and we know that they're connected with the wind and their known uh, mafia syndicate connections. It's true, right? that. true that, yes. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Coach Mike. Uh, yes or no question real quick, and then we'll go back to Mike Gill. Okay. These judges that are bought, right? The city councilmen that are bought, county board that are, that are bought, right? Yeah. Are they the same people who certified the election in Pennsylvania? Yes. <laughs> and they're connected with known mob, mob people, right? So that's why me, it gets contentious. One thing, Josh. I'll share with you one thing that happened to me today, talking about the legal system and attorneys. Right. In the, in the ADA world, I have an attorney that's referred me business for years. I don't think she's ever, and I mean this sincerely, ever been on a job site ever in her life. Right. I said to her today, you know, it might just be good if you were to join us and the client on his site just to show you what happens in ADA remediation. You know what she said? She said, I'm swamped, but I would love to do that. So the whole thing true here with our audience and people that are listening, if you have an opportunity to stretch yourself and maybe do something you've never done before, let me encourage you to do it. You, you will learn. You will learn way more. You can look at pictures of drawings till the cows come home. When you walk a job site, I'll tell you, you learn so much, Josh. It's amazing. It's almost like you're, you're taking the book and it becomes real. Oh, absolutely. 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 You got, you got, you learn by doing, learn by doing. So let's get back to Mike Gill and now we established the Penn National that owns Barstool Sports. It's connected with mafia connections and the mafia or syndicate or just unethical people involved with the horse racing industry pay off uh, city councilmen, city boards, judges, mm -hmm. and uh, the FBI, like uh, Black Mass, that movie, right? So mm -hmm. all these people, you know, Peter Strzok <laughs> or Pfizer Warrens, all these people are paid off. So mm -hmm. it, it, in a way too, uh, going through the podcast and going to the details of the podcast, you understand the news on a deeper level on both sides mm -hmm. of what is going on and why bias kind of permeates in what maybe what Judge Kavanaugh says, you're supposed to be calling balls and strikes, but you really can't get away from bias, right? Mm -hmm. We'll continue on. Now, you know why? She leaked about the corruption. This thing's about to fall apart. The FBI's covering this up. They know. Listen, I haven't been wrong yet. One time. Now tell me if you still think I'm crazy, because I'm telling you now, there's been a rest last night that you haven't even heard yet. The compromise is they don't want to get into the politicians. They don't want to get into Penn National. 
Penn National is 93% of it is owned by the casinos. Win Casino, who bought land in Boston to build a casino, you know what the holdup was? Because I caught wires from Penn National to these, the Post and Nostra of New England, not my words, the Boston Globe. They were purchasing it from Win. Win, who owns 30% of Penn National. See? It's mob connections here. Do you want them controlling your judges in courts? That's what's at stake here. It's, it's horse racing in the life and death of it. But it goes into your courts. It goes into to these law firms and the insurers. We just got turned out, inside out, by the business world. Why do you think you've seen all this corruption? And no one goes to jail. And who's grown out of our eight years of recession? The casino world. Hmm. All right. So he, he, made, he made a point, right? Uh, sure. when we're growing up, right, we're told, uh, if you do something against the law, you're going to arrest you and you're going to go to jail, right? And that's half the story. It really, what it is, is that, and let me know your thoughts, what you think about this. So I'll go point by point. Number one is that it's my contention in, uh, my wife, Anna, we've been uh, married 17 years and we disagree about 50% of the time. So Coach Mike, feel free to uh, disagree, right? Because that's how you learn. You learn from people who think the opposite of you, right? So it's just like- Only 50%? <laughs> yeah, 50%, you know, the other 50% we laugh about, right? Because we're commiserating. But uh, it's like Easter Bunny and Santa Claus right. that- if you do something wrong, that you automatically go to jail and that a cop is just calling balls and strikes, okay? Right. Uh, so that's, that's a myth. And we get into something very important right now, something extremely important that they're not teaching on the news, they're not teaching in school, because it's hard, but it's real. They need to start teaching it in school. And parents need to start teaching in school. And it's selective prosecution. So when you understand selective prosecution, right, a lot more things are going to make sense everywhere, right? So it's not whether you commit a crime or not. It is, is there political will, right? to arrest you for that crime. And everything's a racket. So is it part of the racket to arrest you for the crime? Now, uh, murderers and rapists and people like that, those are automatic. But everything else depends on where you are and what the political climate is, not whether it's right or wrong or moral or whether it's illegal or legal. What are your thoughts, Coach Mike? Well, there's a lot to be said for that whole soliloquy you just did, Macbeth. Uh, yes. <laughs> As a kid growing up, I was told, don't lie. Okay. I was told, don't lie. Mom and dad, don't lie. Right. And you didn't question it. You just said, okay, don't lie. Because the consequences were dire. They were. Right. And the same thing with law. If you're speeding, you're going to get pulled over for a ticket. You can argue till the cows come home, you're guilty. All right. And a hard lesson to learn is, 
you have to learn to accept the responsibility of your consequences. So if I do stupid things and I get caught, I may end up going to jail. I may end up getting in trouble. There's a lot of things that can happen because of that. So you start learning at a very young age, maybe I ought to keep my nose clean to use an old phrase, behave myself, stay out of trouble and don't hang out with people that are going to get you in trouble, which unfortunately I did a lot. And when you go to jail and you learn things, you say, I don't want to do that again. And you don't. Now, the idea about selective prosecution, sure, or persecution, if you will. Yes, it happens all the time. Uh, is there racism? Is there bias? Everybody in the world is racist and biased, whether they like it or not. If you say you're on one side of the political spectrum and you're not racist, you're not telling the truth, right? So the whole idea is our perception becomes our reality. And I had to learn this growing up. And I had to learn this in business. Sometimes I perceive things to be a certain way, right? And right. I was Josh, I meet you and we start talking and you begin to change. You begin to change my perception. Why? Because you bring a different perspective, a different look, a different view. Well, if I have 15 or 20 or 30 people in my life bringing me different perspectives and different views, guess what? I'm probably going to change. I'm going to evolve or I'm going to grow or I'm mature. So I think part of what you said earlier is true. We need to help people understand you can change. You really can, but it's hard work. It's a discipline. Right. And, and to know what's legal or illegal, you're going to have to do research in the town you're in mm. and in the political climate you're in and mm. corporate yeah. climate you're in to find out. It doesn't mean you're going to do it or not, but uh, one of the basic uh, items in life is know your surroundings. One of the b basic survival skills in life is know your surroundings right 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 and you got to know the the budget of the local town you're in so you know what what is going on now the law and justice are distant um cousins at best so we're picking on the horse racing industry, but it's the same for the finance industry and probably any other industry that there's collusion between the judges, between the people on the county boards, people on the city boards, right? Mm -hmm. And the FBI. Don't assume that the FBI is on the up and up. Mm -hmm. They're going to prosecute what's in their best interest to prosecute, not literally what's legal or illegal, right? And we notice it with the mask, right? In Orange County, they don't enforce the mask. Mm -hmm. LA County, they have to enforce the mask. And it's selective prosecution. So the sheriff is prosecuting what he wants to prosecute. Not necessarily what's illegal, right? And what's legal. So from there, we're going to go to ethics, right? Uh, I know that in my town, Lake Forest, there's an ethics policy. And they mention it, but it doesn't have teeth. So what that means is that uh, the city council can violate all the ethic policies they want without an enforcement mechanism. 
And the only way, okay, you can uh, modify behavior is by having an enforcement mechanism, mm -hmm. especially if there's money involved. It's just common sense. Mm -hmm. But as we know, common sense is not so common. That's why you can't assume anything anywhere. You got to do your own research and don't just assume that this is an ethical that, uh, you know, this guy works at this company and he's going to pass a, a bid through the city, uh, so on and so forth. Do not make the assumption that ethical processes and that common sense is going to be followed. <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? Because you've gone that through that road many, many times. Yes. You got cheated out of bids for construction, <laughs> and then you got uh, ADA compliance. And we'll go through ADA compliance to uh, yeah. make the point that I'm making about yeah. the reality of life. And this is a great podcast, especially for the people starting in business, to kind of get yeah. – uh, there's a big difference, right, between reality and what you're taught in school, mm. what you're taught at the corporation, Right big difference between what we hope for and what reality is. You mean the theory of business versus real business? Exactly. Or, you know, well, selective prosecution or, and yeah. Yeah, violation of ethical policies. The theory of a business. And I asked the guy one time, well, the theory of business sounds good. Did your professor ever have a business? He ever wrote a business? Well, no, he's in academia. I said, so literally he wrote a book on the theory of business based on what? Theories? Based right. on reading, I said, well, <laughs> isn't that rather foolish? Are you calling Dr. So-and-so foolish? I'm calling the whole stinking system foolish. Yes. What's the matter? Wake up and smell the Java. The theory of business is just like my attorney. She's never been to a job site, Josh. And once you step on a job site and you step into some, we call it mud, cement, or you step on some rebar, you realize I shouldn't do that, should I? No. Do you have any boots on? Well, no, I have high heels. You shouldn't wear high heels in a job site. And so this idea of when you submit a bid to a group, a company, first thing I ask people is, do you know anybody on your city council? Have you ever met them? Ever talked to them? And 95% of people say no. I said, so you don't know, you don't know anything about them. You never met them, never had coffee with them, never went to their office. You don't know a thing about them. And you just assume because you read something in the paper or saw it on TV, it's the truth. Do you make decisions in life that way? I hope not. I pray not because you may make a lot of bad decisions. So right. when you it, it, yeah, and getting to the the point is, if an ethical policy, right, at a, at a board or whatever, does not have an enforcement mechanism, what value does it have, Coach Blake, in your experience zero. in business? It has zero. I mean, it's lip service. Uh, a guy says to me, "I'll get back to you tomorrow." Three days later, I haven't heard from him. Now, back in the day, I used to chase people. My word is not yours. I would chase people and say, hey, Josh, you're supposed to get back to me. Oh, yeah, we went a different direction, Mike. Oh, were you going to tell me? Uh, no, they had no intention of telling you. Why? They got a better deal or they got a better offer, whatever it was. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. And what about this statement that 80% of lawyers don't know what they're doing? <laughs> From your mouth to God's ear. Right, right. Now, I've been several lawyers. I've been all the lawyers that I've gone through. I've <laughs> defended myself or done my own lawsuit, right? Now, yeah. you look at ADA compliance, right? 
It's unethical. We all know it's unethical to uh, have a ramp where uh, you know somebody who has a disability falls and gets hurt. Right? It's, it's unethical. But uh, can someone have criminal charges uh, for violating ADA compliance rules? Well, first of all, let's describe what ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, people right. used to call uh, handicapped, now it's disabled. And basically in California, what you're talking about is if your business is open to the public called public accommodation, you are supposed to have all of the ramps, all of the parking stalls, all of the signage, everything according to what they call ADA and CBC, California Building Code Regulations. Can you be sued if you're not in compliance? Yes. Uh, initially, it's in, uh, you know, usually a court that says, hey, we're going to sue you for $30,000 in your restaurant, Josh. Right. $30,000 in my restaurant for what? You don't have a towway sign. You don't have parking stall. You don't have accessible aisle. You don't have these yellow bumps, truncated domes. You don't have signage. We're going to sue you. And right. you're blindsided. You're literally blindsided. Like, oh, I never even know I had to do that. Again, back to your point earlier. Have you done your due diligence? Did you ask the right questions? Did you dig deep enough? More than likely, no. And you just assumed, nasty word, right? You right. just, you're good. And now these, these serial or predatory uh, litigants are chasing people right. who uh, sue you because your bathroom mirrors above 40 inches finished floor. You say, that's ridiculous. Mike, I said, of course it's ridiculous, but it is technically the law. And technically, they can sue you because you're breaking the law, and they can get rewarded for that. And what's the uh, what's the enforcement mechanism, right? The 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 owner right has to pay money out, and then on their business credit, they have to pay more money for business loans and business insurance mm -hmm. because they have a judgment. That would be worst case. So to avoid that, what people do is they settle. They settle. So that is on their business record. Right. They don't have to pay more money for loans because 90% of court cases are settled versus going to court. By so in, in horse racing, up until uh, Jason Service, in this indictment, uh, the case started or the investigation by uh, the FBI people that could be paid off or not paid off. Uh, seems like they were because this investigation lasted uh, close to eight years before they started giving enforcement mechanisms, right? So enforcement mechanisms were important because that's where you get cuffed up. That's where you get put in jails. That's when you have to put fines. And in the words of Dwight Robinson, city councilman of Lake Forest, he told me, um, white collar, this is a Christian guy. Well, I don't know, he's not Christian, but he's a professed Christian guy, Sunday school teacher. And he says, you know, my dad's been a minister for 50 years. He says, white collar crime pays because there's so many crimes being committed that law enforcement can't prosecute every crime. Mm. And people voted for this person to represent them in that city. 
Right, right. And because people don't pay attention, right? They're not paying no. attention at all. They just see him going to the church. They get a flyer. I remember working the polls. Forty uh, percent of the people I worked the polls five times, and I took notes. Would take the little pamphlet and actually decide who are they going to vote right inside that box, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I understand it, right? People are in. Uh, you can look for podcasts where I talk about the amygdala brain. That's a part of the brain that's in the panic portion of the brain. Most people are in it, in that yeah. part of their brain where that part of the brain you can't think rationally. So they're not sitting there uh, researching local politicians. You really should because that affects you, right? So, okay. yeah. Uh, in this part of it, right? Linking it all together, right? Self interest. The city manager in Lake Forest, she makes uh, $350,000 a year. And when the pandemic hit, right? And all the money comes out of the coffers, instead of taking $100,000 less of her salary, what did she do? She gets rid of the department and fires a guy who has three kids and five years away from uh, retirement, Mm -hmm. paying three kids for college. She'd rather keep her 400 year salary than to help that guy out. Now, what happens to the community? She, instead of taking money from her salary, she's doing two things, right? She's number one, childcare, that was $60 a month. After school care is now 600. Mm. Stressing middle-class poor families already squeezed by the pandemic because she wants to keep her $400,000 a year salary. And she's cutting the $89,000 for school crossing guards. Instead of cutting, you and I, I know you for 10 years, you know mm. me. If you and I are making 400,000, we're betting on these games, so we got a million dollars. We would gladly take the 89000 or network with our rich friends, $89,000 for school guards, because school guards are the defense from who? Pedophiles who are preying on these kids, yeah. and God knows what else, right? But she wants to keep her 400000 rather than, now that's unethical, but it's not illegal, and there's no enforcement mechanisms for her. And, and people need to get hammered that distinction. And Shakespeare said, ah, there's the rub. It's not illegal, but it's immoral, okay? Unethical. It's unethical. It really is. And you say, and people say, well, are you guys judging her? Yes, absolutely we're judging her based on moral standards, based on common sense, based on decency. Would you do business with her? I probably would not. No. I don't want her money. I don't. There's a beauty of owning your own business. Where you could say, hey, I don't care how much money you have, I don't want your money because uh, you can live off 220000 Well, and that then- happened to me the other day in a situation with, again, another attorney and a client who expected something to be done for some ridiculously low price. And I said, I, I can't do that. I said, I have professional people. I have architects. I have inspectors. I have a certain pricing I have to charge. And they were rather upset and irate and said, well, we're going to go someplace else. I said, well, thank you for the opportunity. Goodbye. You know, in other words, don't chase them. Let them go. You know, there's an old expression, you know, you, you got to be careful what you pay for because you get what you pay for. Right. right. You get what you pay for. And someone says, well, it's free. There's no such thing as a free lunch, honey. I'm sorry. Never has been, never will be. Right. Right. And then something we'll get into with horse racing is horse racing regulations. Regulations. What are regulations? Regulations, you can, uh, depending on where you're at, you can violate a regulation and go to jail. 
or nothing happens. So who's regulating the sports industry or the uh, horse racing industry? Yeah, well, it's according to the states, like, for example, the state of New York, supposedly they have state and they have federal guidelines for how to run horse racing, horse tracks, the whole, you know, gambling, gaming, all that stuff. Again, when you get that illegal or that illicit element in there and a judge is owned by some guy who owns, let's just take the word win, W-Y-N-N, and some guy who owns part of Penn National, and all of a sudden the entire system is corrupt. <laughs> right. The enforcement mechanism is what? Where is it? Who? And that's why a lot of attorneys love filing lawsuits because what are they doing? They're buying time. They're buying time cheaply. Oh, we're going to take that to court, Josh, but we're going to, we have to uh, continue that until July. Why? January. Well, because the calendar is busy, the docket's full. That full? Yes. I'm, I'm, I just got stabbed. Right. So most of the judges, they're, they're in that culture, they're in that racket. So that's why, even though I think probably, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley should be thrown out of the Senate, uh, but they could explain things a little bit better and say, hey, all these judges are part of a group, and they're not going to defy the guy that's certifying the election because they're part of the gang, right? They're kind of like a clique in high school, right? So it doesn't matter if you lose a 100 times, you still might be right. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and you still have to have time to uh, bring up the evidence, right? So... Yeah. Again, right? So this is the, the key. Unless a regulation or ethical policy has, right, to recap this part before we go into Jason's service, yeah. unless an ethical policy, if a regulation, whatever it is, if it doesn't have enforcement mechanisms, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is even if you do commit a crime, the people who are paid for law enforcement to enforce that crime if they don't feel like doing it right or it's not politically expedient for them to do it they're not going to do it and people are going to get away with it or some people might get away with it uh, because they have the money the thing with the pardon we can go both sides uh the most egregious pardon right uh trump has done some right but it was Seth Rich by Bill Clinton, right? And we're apolitical, so we'll call out both sides for the corruption that is on both sides. Uh, Seth Rich with Clinton, right? Rich guy who killed someone, got away with it because he had a lot of money. Pure and simple, right? Uh, Same thing for like Manafort, all those guys who cheated on taxes and this and that, you know, sent information to, uh, Ukrainian oligarchs. We did have a great podcast on the Ukraine with a businesswoman from the Ukraine. I encourage everybody to uh, yeah. listen to it because it is, it's, it's very analogous and connects what happened with the Capitol because it can't happen here. And she talked about the feeling of being invaded by a foreign force to take away her country. Mm-hmm. And here it's done in many different ways. It's done by either cancel culture, uh, black separatists, uh, white neo-nazis it it comes from all different forces and uh the breakdown what i'm talking about here 
specifically, right, Coach Mike, when you listen, it's the breakdown of rule of law, right? Rule of law. So when you have that broken down, you get into wild, wild west, which basically is what happened to the, the horse racing industry. Or it's happening to the horse races. So as we go through Jason's service and, and true crime, it's really a snapshot of what's going on in the horse races. Horse mm. race. Your thoughts, Coach Mike? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting you're talking about that rule of law. And I, I don't know where people stand religiously or whatever, but years and years ago, the Ten Commandments from the Bible used to be pretty much God's law for man, right? And then right. from God's law for man to they made it a movie. <laughs> so the Ten Commandments went from God's law for man to a movie. And now today, a comment like, you believe that biblical stuff? You actually read the Bible, believe that? I mean, that's how far we've gone to your point about what is the enforcement mechanism? You know, years ago in, in America, I but, but it's like uh, Dwight Robinson. He's a Sunday school teacher yeah. and Christian guy. So the people that aren't most Christian are the guys you have to worry about. So everybody's just in self-interest it's like yeah anything anything goes right yeah. and in that environment jason service gets arrested and you're 69 years old right mm-hmm. in march right and jason service is 63 right. right what do you think is going through his mind jason service horse racing industry 63 years old He's a successful horse trainer, and I'll get into detail after Coach Mike's answer, but he's sitting in jail now in the middle of a pandemic. How does that feel? Yeah, I mean, he's got to be thinking to himself, you know, I had a chance years ago to either say no or go a different direction, but all of a sudden they flashed $500,000 in front of me, and I never saw $500,000 ever, ever, and said, what do I have to do? And they said, well, basically, you just kind of turn your head. We're going to do these PEDs, you know, performance-enhancing drugs, and they're going to be pretty much unlabeled. You're going to be working with veterinarians, and all of a sudden, it's going to be one slick, smooth operation. Nobody's going to know a thing. And right. in hook, line, and sinker. Well, guess what? <laughs> Somebody somewhere in that whole beautiful scheme of things told the police or told the feds, and they said, what's going on again? And they told them they, they were a stool pigeon. They squealed and they told the whole story and started naming names and cities and places. Now you got a guy 63 years old who was on top of the world, quote unquote, sitting in jail thinking, yeah, I, I made a mistake. I, I, I should have said no. That's, that's a, a courage. It's of the people. enforcement mechanism, right? People don't change unless they have to change, unless they get caught. And most people commit crimes because they like to, right? Yeah. And uh, we'll get into the way law enforcement works, where it seems like in this case, uh, Jason Service was arrested so he can give information and squeal on uh, a Peter Navarro. And we'll, on the next podcast, what we'll do is we'll uh, profile Peter Navarro and talk about all the elements in the horse. Uh, racing industry, right? Uh, yes. Unless, unless we have Jim Desmond, uh, right? 
from the County uh, San Diego County Board of Supervisors with some timely information. So it's uh, San Diego is the 10th biggest, largest county city in the country. So we'll get some real insight on ethics, on regulations from somebody who's getting paid in the six figures, right? To adjudicate this. We'll get to know them really well. The audience will get really educated. So Jason Service was born April 2nd, 1957. Uh, he was a successful uh, trainer and then he trained Maximum Security who finished first in the Kentucky Derby in 2019. He's the brother Brothers John uh, Service, who is the trainer of Smarty Jones, uh, who also was a big racist, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he, he started from the bottom all the way up. His biggest year, this, uh, all, these, all these links, I'll have them in the episode notes. And I'll have a website information, Coach Mike's business website information. His best year, so we see the numbers that we're talking about, was at close to the end of his career, right? As we figure it's going to be over 2018, right? Uh, he has 5.7 million in purse owner earnings and 112 wins, right? He ran second in the 2013 Breeders' Cup. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I'll look up his statistics here in a second here. His biography. So he's a successful trainer. Now, two years where most people retire or a set retirement age, he's sitting in jail. Yeah. So again, to set the stage, right? Uh, you have criminal, we have civil, right? People pay civil penalties for ADA compliance. Most people settle. They don't go to court and have a jury because they don't want to pay extra for loans and extra for insurance, right? And then you have the horse racing regulations and industry that as we saw through Mike Gill, it's uh, regulated and run by judges, people in county boards, city council, and crooked FBI agents, right? Crooked uh, FBI agents uh, who cover for the racket of horse racing, right? Mm -hmm. Horse racing, true crime. And as we go along in the series, we'll detail dynasties that are on racetracks, that they're on horses, because when a horse uh, increases in value, you buy it and you deduct it from your tax uh, liability, all right? So, Wait here as uh, the internet's kind of slowing up on me. <laughs> uh, we'll look at some of the numbers for, for Jason Service. And then we'll talk about how he got in trouble. And it's interesting, right? That he got in trouble 
with one of the pet peeves and one of the things that I think is doing the most harm to California and is doing the most harm to the country is, uh, and I think a lot of it needs to change, is that foreign entities and foreign individuals have the right to purchase real estate and property right. in the United States, right? And the difference between a communist country, a socialist country, and a capitalist country is the, the ability to buy and sell real estate. Mm -hmm. All right. That's good. So, right. So Jason Service was born in Charlestown, West Virginia, trainer of uh, thoroughbred horses. And he didn't start having the best years of his career until he met uh, Mr. Navarro. Peter right? And how, based on, you read the indictment, how did uh, this guy from Charlestown, uh, Appalachia, now Appalachia is very important these days because those are Trump voters. People want to understand Trump voters. Uh, why did you think, in your opinion, after he had a career where he went from the bottom all the way to the top, best year 2018, why did he have his best year in 2018? <laughs> well, first of all, you made the point, and I think it should be made again, he was, his avocation, his vocation was, he was a horse trainer. He loved horses. And so he knew horses and he knew how to treat horses. He knew how to breed them, how to run them, train them. He, he was a very good horse trainer. And I think by the time he got to what, 2017, 2018, he had a reputation for building a good horse, building a good brand. And what happened was somebody, Peter Navarro, one of his associates said, hey, we got this guy, Jason Service. He's a West Virginia boy. Now he's down in Jupiter, Florida, but he's got a home here in I think it's up in Eatontown. We should talk to him. So a veterinarian, another guy go and talk to him. They share their story, how they're doing, what they're doing. And he probably initially was innocent thinking, this sounds pretty good. I, I, yeah, it sounds like you've got a good program to help the horses, right? All of a sudden he gets involved and he realizes, wait a minute, wait, th this isn't what I thought. This wasn't my perception. <laughs> I was duped, not doped, but duped. And I think he got duped, uh, Josh. And I think he got duped, but he said, yeah, but look at the money. Look at the fame. Look at the, the power, whatever that drug is, right? Power, that drug. And it, it overwhelmed him. It overtook him. And he got caught up in a huge, huge net that he couldn't get out of. Now, the, the investigation started in 2013, okay? Right. And... Uh, mm -hmm. They had all this information on them, right? And we'll talk about it a little bit more next week, the whole distribution network. Right. So he takes a horse maximum security that was worth $13 million. But it was only worth like $12,000. And then something happened in between that. And what happened? The horses got spiked. Yeah. Right. And obviously he knew about it, but... Seven years into this investigation, nothing happened until they took the horse to the Saudi Cup. And the uh -huh. Saudis said, hey, we're not going to pay this horse because the toxicology on this horse, right? Yeah. He was is off. Dope. Yeah, it was $20 million purse they withheld. Right. <laughs> so 
again, it's got to know your surroundings. They were getting away with all this corruption and all these things. And then suddenly they get in trouble after the Saudi cup, right? Why, in your opinion, did it take the Saudi cup for these guys to get in trouble for spiking horses? What you said earlier is a key point that foreign individuals, foreign companies, foreign entities can purchase land in America. Right. And if you know the Saudis and the Japanese and Chinese and others have bought a lot of land, like golf courses, the horse track, the horse tracks and others in this country. So there's a lot of information that flows back and forth. Okay. Right. And the Saudi people are known for their horses. I mean, Arabian horses are notoriously good, right? So when their horse got beat, <laughs> their horses got beat. Right. Somebody, wait, something doesn't, something's not adding up here. What something's wrong. And somebody said, we better talk to the king or whomever. Hey, before we pay out any of this money to this group, why don't we just check these horses? Right. So somebody knew something somewhere along the line, and somebody said something to somebody. You know how that goes. Somebody, right. somebody, next thing you know, boom, it's front page news. And I think that's the genesis of it, to be honest. What would you think on that? Exactly. The FBI agents doing the case and all this and that are getting paid off. And now they can say, hey, I'm going to have to do this, right? Because now heat's coming on me. Yeah. Uh, Jared Kirshner is friends with the Saudis. Uh, this is the first Saudi Cup race. They want to get involved in this industry and they tested the horses. They're not stupid, right? They tested the horses and they saw the explosiveness of this horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to pay it out. So now that's why the whole setup is for the big reveal is now, right? Mm -hmm. We got to learn. You got to know your surroundings. Your surroundings, right? Once they got on the plane and went to Saudi Arabia, right? Everything changed. Everything and the selective changed. prosecution, which I keep telling you about, because you got to look at it in your life, because you could be comfortable, you could be in a company, and you've been doing things the whole way, right? And you talked about the beginning about change. Um, I'll put a link to it to John Norcross, which Fortunate, lucky, good. I took a seminar from him. George, he got the dissertation. And he's a doctor. Uh, he makes a lot of money. John Norcross. And he came up with the stages of change. You have to go through each stage to truly change. And change is gradual. Right. Again, uh, on my NFL podcast last month, listen to the last two podcasts I did on the Hawthorne effect, on perception, right? Right. Huh. How do you have to check your perception? And yes, you can go to uh, 500 Days of Summer, uh, the series, the the un, um, the Undoing, uh, 500 Days of Summer, the Undoing. He's just not that into you, which is a Sex in the City episode right. that also turned into a book and into a movie. Hmm. Uh, the Affairs, another uh, great uh, show that really illustrates the different parts of the perception. And Coach uh, Mike and I, Mike Persinator, are fortunate, lucky, and good that we've been married so long that we have spouses to check our perception, 
right? And we're different than the guy who's been living alone for 30 years. You go talk to him and listen to him, see all the crazy stuff he says versus Coach Mike and I who have been checked by clients. I've been checked by people who listen to the podcast. You have to have an open mind and you don't know anything. The, the more you know, the, the least you know. And you could always learn every day from anyone. It could be a little kid giving you perception, all right? Giving you information that you need to process that you might not have processed, all right? So if Jason Service comes to Coach Mike and I, right? And says, want to take the horse to Saudi Arabia, I'm going to say, selective prosecution this whole thing that you've gotten away with for years here you might not get away with it in saudi arabia and this fbi guy that you've paid off yes once this goes international and again listen to it's funny because it was the first hearing in the senate right it was for a reason it was the liaison between the fbi and the cia because once it goes international you get CIA agents versus FBI agents. And CIA agents are more paid off. These people are millionaires and they're doing it because they love to do it. And the lady who got on um, National Security Council, the liaison between the FBI and the CIA, she can put a car and a plane together with her hands. Believe me, uh, what you see on Homeland is half what, what she's done. And she's created different forms of torture that was used in Guantanamo to get information from terrorists. I would not mess with her. So you go from paid off FBI guy, right, with regulations right. and paid off to CIA and enforcement mechanisms. Yeah. And they, and they triggered this. And that's how he is in jail right now, Jason Service, right. because he did not understand selective Prosecution. prosecution yeah any of our listeners or viewers that know jason Bourne, the Bourne identity right right <laughs> i mean as you're explaining that I, i'm thinking about that movie all the things going on and it's an international situation and the the phrase that came to me if, if, if jason service would have come to me or to you i'd have said hey coach all bets are off you're you're going to saudi arabia okay first of all you're going overseas and you're going into a whole different country a whole different world and number two do you know anybody there do you know anything about any of the surroundings you know a, a racetrack a horse track that's about it right so you when you talked about knowing your surroundings josh what you know the racetrack that's not the surroundings that's the place where the event takes that happens but that's not your surroundings your surrounding is you're in a whole different world different country different language different customs all bets are off coach and i just think that it was a I think it was motivated by greed and by ego. And when you get greed and ego in front, you're looking for trouble. Now, what is the most expensive advice, Coach Mike? It's a wide open question, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. The most expensive advice is bad advice. So he got bad advice. He got very bad advice. You Do know? not go to Saudi Arabia because things are going to change. Here's different states. Different states have different laws. And for here, it could be county to county, city to city, right? Uh, in San Diego County, from what I'm hearing, Orange County, you can go around and not wear a mask, not worry about it at all. 
you go to LA or you go to Seattle, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a totally different, different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, huge part of selective prosecution is exactly that. And the man at 63 years old is sitting in jail because he hasn't been like us and understand what selective prosecution is. And that, of course, I don't have to say it, but I think, I mean, common sense isn't so common, so you never know, right? Uh, You're being lied to by everybody. I don't care if it's your preacher. I don't care if it, and your preacher could be a great guy and he's lying or giving you bad information, uh, not on purpose, but you're getting bad information from your preacher. You're getting bad information from your sheriff. Because what is your sheriff going to say? I'm a law and order guy. No, no, no. You're a selective prosecution guy that's going to do something that's in your best interest in the best interest of the people who are paying you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So that is selective prosecution and really understanding that uh, can give you more clarity, right. On why cops aren't being prosecuted after shooting black people in the back while they're running. It's selective prosecution. Right. Why all the people that rushed in the Capitol might have killed someone. Some are, are being arrested and charged. Some are not. It is selective right. prosecution. And for a lot of times it's been, you know, you know, someone or whatever. Right. So it's always better to be lucky than good. And we talk a lot about probability theory. Yeah. So uh, the next, before we go to the last words with like Coach Mike on the next podcast, uh, we're going to talk about horse racing deaths and how they mm-hmm. figure into this into horse racing uh, selective prosecution right remember the law and justice are distant cousins at best mm-hmm. we're going to go through each section of the horse racing industry in uh, a lot of uh, the podcast moving forward we'll talk about dynasties uh, tax mitigation and business and finance uh, links into because a horse is a tax deduction. Oh, yeah, super rich, right? Right. Um, and then you have capital gains tax when a horse its value goes higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people buy expensive paintings and horses for the most part to mitigate their taxes because most people want to keep money in their pocket and not pay it to the government for selective prosecution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then We'll talk about each section of the horse racing industry. And we'll talk about George Navarro. And we'll detail him because the interesting thing about George Navarro, they kind of caught my interest. I said, man, I'm going to have to finish up and make sure we do horse racing true crime is that he wants to be transferred to Ocala, Florida. Nobody ever wants to be transferred to Ocala, Florida. But that's where the big uh, bad boys farm is that uh, has a lot of horses trained by George Navarro and uh, service and on and on. And they're run by the Gambino family of John Gotti fame. Oh, John Jr.'s there and they're combined with the five families. And we'll get, uh, as they, because really the five families are team than the mafia and the syndicates run by uh, major corporations now. And they're faster to, to pull the trigger and kill you in many different ways or pay somebody to arrest you and ruin oh. your whole life or political bosses, the people that certified elections. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, right. let me let me share with our audience. I'll give you last words, and then uh, we'll we'll close. Okay, let me share a couple. I'm going to give you five letters that people need to remember. W I I F M. What's in it for me? Okay, and if you can figure out what the WIFM is, what's we call it, the WIFM W I F M. If I can figure out what the WIFM is for you, I'm way down the road. So let's say I'm dealing with Josh and Josh says, I'm a business guy. I want to help you protect your assets, Coach Mike. And here's a plan I have. And here's a tax mitigation strategy. What do you think? Immediately, I'm impressed with the fact that you're thinking about serving me. Okay. Yes, you're going to be paid for your services, of course. But you're thinking about ways to help me preserve my estate, serve my money, preserve my assets, if you will. Okay, so with them, what's in it for me? That's a big one. The other one is, and I would share this with uh, Jason Service years ago, who is your mentor or mentors? Who, who do you have in your life that is speaking into your life that you're listening to as opposed to disagreeing with all the time? Remember I said earlier, listen to learn. Don't listen to argue. I think if I've learned one thing in the last 69 years on planet Earth, I'm learning to listen to learn, not to argue. I may disagree with you. I may disagree with you violently and vehemently, but I don't think by me saying, oh, Josh, you're an idiot. That's crazy. I don't think that's the best discourse to, to approach. I think a better approach is, you know, Josh, that's an interesting perspective. Can I ask you a question? How, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Now, Mr. Hand question, right? Who, what, when, where, why, how much, how many? When you have that kind of, and I don't think a lot of people in horse racing do that. <laughs> they're dictating. They're not listening. They're not having conversations. They're having, uh, you know, these these one-offs. So my suggestion for our audience viewing and listening audience is listen longer. Just as a guy, because most guys can't listen, don't listen, won't listen. You have a wife, she'll tell you that. Listen longer. And instead of giving your opinion on everything under the sun, Maybe hold your own confidence a little bit longer. Maybe don't share everything you know about something because you may not know that much about it. So that's my two cents worth. Right. No, and, and, and to tie up Jason Service, and uh, we'll get to uh, detail what we're going to go into in the next podcast, right? Uh, the purpose and the outcome is that you get information you're not getting anywhere else and you're getting insight that you're not getting anywhere else. And one big one is... Uh, delayed gratification, right? Salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long. You've had a long career, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a measure of the five people around you. And he needed to measure uh, George Navarro. He needed to know yeah. selective prosecution and measure George Navarro or else he would not be sitting in jail. Now, most of the time, it's not as dramatic as sitting in jail. It's losing money, losing emotion, maybe losing a relationship, losing the worst part of what people don't get is losing time. Might not, not even been prosecutor, but time is the, a scarce resource mm. you're never getting back. And you're always got to be learning and evolving and say, hey, I'm out. I'm, I'm going to look for some other people, some other things. So I'm yeah. not, I went from, uh, born in Appalachia, West Virginia, out of nothing, and now I'm doing well for myself, and now I'm sitting in jail cell in the middle of pandemic, COVID-19, right. where COVID-19 doesn't even have a window to get out of. 
Mm. And it's just such wide conspiracy and they spent so much time on it. And now it has all kinds of eyes on it. And the Saudis are involved. And the Saudis control what? Our oil. Real. And uh, they've kept the stock market going up and up and up in the middle of the pandemic. So he did, doesn't even get out. There's murderers who've gotten out because of COVID-19 and because of the jails being such a hot spot. Jason Service is still in jail, right? Mm-hmm. Because he didn't understand what we've taught on this podcast about selective prosecution. And the salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long-term, and we always end with a long-term thinker, guy who got us through World War II, Sir Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Sports Betting Financial Podcast. This is the Horse Racing True Crime. And I'm going to prepare tonight and then tomorrow morning, I'll give you the winners so you make money.